Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. We begin today's podcast with the reaction to the evening's football where Leeds United smashed Southampton 3-0 in the Premier League and Chelsea beat Atletico in the Champions League. He draws the shape of a TV, he points to the spot and spontaneous joy erupts amongst the Chelsea players. It's Atletico Madrid nil, Chelsea won. Excellent result for Chelsea, absolutely outstanding. Decent performance. Had it been nil-nil, they'd have been disappointed. They didn't capitalise on the amount of possession that they had. But still beware, this is still a very, very dangerous Atletico side this tie is not over by any means it was very important that uh, we are absolutely concentrated over all 96 minutes that we uh, accept also that it's very hard to to create chances but um, we did all that and it was a very good team effort what he has done now Tuchel has come in and he has changed the shape of the team defensively we're far more solid we we don't look like we're going to concede every single attack he has revolutionised Callum hudson at right wing back he's, he's played in a role that I've never seen him playing before and I'm guessing he's never even at youth team level he has got Marcus Alonso back in from the, the cold I think the last game he played was West Brom away in a 3-3 Christensen no it's, it's difficult to argue that Frank should have kept his job after that and, and the, the new manager's job is to come in and get results were Chelsea underperforming under Frank yes our performances were, were lousy. Here is Giroud well. inside the area. A bit of a mishap. An overhead kick and a wonderful goal for Chelsea. He's the man for big moments, isn't he? He's been absolutely superb through his career in doing that. And just one chance, half a sniff he had. An absolute worldie of a finish. It's another goal for the new boy. Rafina and leads are 3-0 in front. And cruising to victory against Southampton, whose wait for a Premier League win goes on. This is still the same team that was... Uh taking 29 points in the first half of the season but in the moment we have uh, some problems with scoring some problems with injuries some problems with with uh, having, uh, keeping clean sheets uh, conceding goals too easy the players that are coming back after injuries are far away from, 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 their, from their level they have normally so uh, this all affects uh, performance overall and the Premier League is, is tough because uh, they show you immediately what weakness you have Any doubts about the manager? There has to be doubts 
Look, I like the way he sets his team up, actually. I like the way Southampton play. They pass through the lines, they go through the middle of the park, they keep it, they've got some technically really gifted players, but they've just hit a wretched, wretched run, mm. and they cannot. They're in a tailspin. Losing becomes a habit. Like, you know, go on the field, and once you go a goal down, it's like, can we get ourselves back into yeah. this? And that's the problem they've got right now, and they are absolutely looking over their shoulder more than they're looking up. Mr. Dependable for Leeds United might just have won on the three points here. Dallas with a wonderful finish. Always nice to, to chip in with a goal, just about getting the three points. You know, and that's a big win for us tonight. Uh, you know, we were disappointed with, with not getting anything out of the Wolves game the other night, and we knew this was a huge game for us. You know, we, we weathered the storm, not, not really a storm, but in, you know, in the first half we just couldn't get going our usual selves. You know, it was end to end then, and it really opened up, and, and that's the way we like to play. You know, and, and it was a comfortable win for us in the end. Now, Tiger Woods is having surgery on multiple leg injuries after a car crash in L.A. Police say the golfer had to be cut out of the vehicle, which had rolled over after coming off the road. Woods was the only person inside, and no other cars were involved. Daryl Osby is the chief of the L.A. County Fire Department and described how the golfer was removed from the severely damaged vehicle. The jaws of life are used as part of a package to extricate people that are trapped in vehicles. But it was later determined and brought to the attention that the jaws of life were not used to extricate Tiger Woods. We used a holligan tool, which is a tool used for prying. And we also used an axe uh, to pry him from the vehicle. He was taken from the vehicle with seat, uh, a collar and backboard for um, spinal precautions. Um, he was, uh, had the proper splints because of the nature of the incident being a solar vehicle rollover. And the fact that it required an extrication that met trauma center criteria, the nearest trauma center to the area is Harbor UCLA Hospital, where he was transported in serious but stable condition. And for the latest news on Tiger Woods, please head to TalkSport via the app. Now, the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has confirmed that fans could, could be back at elite sporting events from May the 17th with 10,000 supporters allowed at the biggest venues. The announcement means that the last round of Premier League games will be played in front of fans, but questions are already being raised about the possible impact on the competition's integrity. Simon Jordan believes these worries may need to take a back seat for the good of the game in the future. However, Newcastle United supporter Steve Harmison-Harmy said it's unfair on teams who haven't been able to have supporters in. I don't think you'd get that passed in a, in a, in a court of law. So, no, I, I agree. I think I, I like them in the stadium, but no, to, I get 37 it. games without it, mm. is it fair for that one that one game? But with there being no fans, some teams have had advantage at playing away. Like Manchester United, for example, on the road, their record on the road is incredible. At home, it's not. So I think sometimes you get into murky territory, don't you? But you're also looking at that Newcastle-Fulham game. At That's Craven why, Carthage. isn't it? That's yeah. why you're upset. No, no. If Newcastle were to advance an argument that was to say that the integrity of the competition, or we're not suggesting they will, the game has been behind the eight ball now for the best part of a year. The notion that this has uh, integrity attached to it and it compromises certain games would be an individual perspective rather than the overall good of the game. The fans themselves, rightly so, and football itself has been screaming out for fans to come back inside stadium. We can't now say that the needs of the individual supersedes the benefit for the masses, which is that Newcastle don't want to have fans, and I'm not suggesting that this is what they're going to say, but they don't want to have fans in that game because it will compromise the integrity of that game and put them at a disadvantage. I'm afraid 
we want fans back inside stadiums and how it looks is how it looks. End of. Now, Spurs cannot possibly keep Jose Mourinho as their manager if he fails to guide the club to silverware this season. Well, that's according to Darren Bent. So, would Julian Nagelsmann be better suited to the role with Spurs rumoured to be linked to the RB Leipzig manager? Well, let's find out a bit more on this with mid-table Mourinho himself, Andy Townsend, a Spurs supporter, German football expert Kevin Hatchard, and, of course, Bente. If they finish 9th or 10th and don't win a trophy... Then what was the point in bringing him in in the first place? Because Pochettino was finishing in the top four, got them to a Champions League final, and they sacked him because they felt that he wasn't the right guy to get them over the line to win a trophy. But if you bring in a serial winner, and that's what Jose Mourinho is, he wins trophies all the time. If they finish ninth or tenth outside the top four, so they're not in the Champions League, don't win the Europa, and then don't win any other trophies, then you, I don't think you can possibly keep him. I just don't think Jose can operate at his best, at his very best. He can't do it without a team that can take pressure withstand some pressure, keep clean sheets. Aurier, Davison Sanchez, Eric Dyer, Ben Davis, not good enough to do that. Not good enough to do that by some distance. I never felt what normally coaches, they feel uh, when the results uh, are bad. Normally, when the results are bad, the coaches are a, a lonely man. That's what we normally are. And Liverpool, who hadn't scored a goal in 2021 before today, have scored either side of half-time to take this game away from Tottenham Hotspur. In this club, in this uh, building, I never felt that. I always felt uh, respected, of course, but I always felt supported. I always felt that everybody uh, is together in the same in the same boat. I feel positive, you know. Maybe it can, can look a bit weird for you, uh, losing so many matches, and you are positive, but yes, I'm positive. I want him out. I've, I've listened to his interview now again before this Europa League and we're bored to tears. And I should think everybody else or the other Spurs fans li- listening to what he's rabbiting on about, we're just bored to tears of it. And I can sum him up like the chicken I had on my um, tray in the oven at the weekend when I was making uh, Sunday roast because Jose, he's the big chicken in the middle of the tray with all the potatoes around, which are the players, whereas Pochettino, he was one of the potatoes, and that's why he got everyone working for him. Jose is too dominant. He's a big chicken. Right. <laughs> Tell you what, Alex, I've heard some, do you know, there's been some analogies in there thrown around about why, perhaps, but I've not heard one where Pochettino's been likened to a spud. will uh, put Julian Nagelsmann at the top of their list of targets to replace Jose Mourinho if the Portuguese cannot arrest the club's dismal form. It certainly wouldn't happen before the end of the season. Mm. He, he's the type of guy that very much likes to stay at a club until the end of the season. And he made Leipzig wait for a whole season before mm. leaving Hoffenheim to go there. So he's very much a man of his word in that sense. I think he's looking at the Premier League. I don't think there's any question about that. No, Chelsea uh, had him on their list as well. And he's understandably very highly rated. He's, mm. he's a very intelligent guy, very good tactically, very good in terms of man management. I mean, he's been in the coaching world as a senior coach 
coach since he was 28. Mm. And it takes some chutzpah to actually deal with guys who are older than you and tell them what's what. So I've been massively impressed by him. A lot of clubs will look at him. I think if Zinedine Zidane got the push at Real Madrid, I think Real would go back in for him. So it may well be a question that Tottenham have to see who else is going to go for him. I think he's got a difficult position at Leipzig because he wants them to win trophies. He wants to push that team on, but he knows what the financial reality is in terms of FFP. And he knows that Timo Werner's gone, Deo Meccano's going at the end of the season. It's hard to build a team if your top stars are leaving every summer. Now, the former Crystal Palace owner, Simon Jordan, has said that footballers may need to be banned from playing fantasy football after Jack Grealish's absence from Villa's clash with Leicester was leaked on social media before the game at the weekend. And even if footballers don't intend to leak the information, the allegations alone would mean they'd give it up. Here's Simon to spoil the party and tell us more. It brings the game into an element of disrepute. It brings the, the, the idea that if you're in this situation... You've got to be beyond reproach. And if you can't be beyond reproach, then you possibly have no business being there. And I know that they're young boys and they want to play fantasy football. And part of the attraction may be to the fantasy football providers that they've got professional footballers doing it as well. But unfortunately, out comes this sort of stuff. It's likely to compromise the integrity of fantasy football insofar as fantasy football is an important concept. It is an important concept because it exists and people value it. And so if it's got any breaches in it, they should be marginalised, minimised and ideally eliminated. And if one of them is take professional footballers out of the mix, as draconian as that may be, then we won't have to read this. Now, in the last podcast, West Ham's Declan Rice told us the Hammers' success this season has been down to their unity on the pitch. This is the best West Ham team that I've been a part of in the four years that I've been in the, in the team. You know, the unity, the love the lads have got for each other. Well, on drive, Andy Townsend had a slightly different take on things. He reckons that the players might be enjoying playing without supporters and that the West Ham fans are the most demanding in the league, would you believe? There's no question... And I've been at West Ham when when some of that stuff that was spilling over towards the owners that was getting a little bit out of order and getting a bit nasty and a bit unnecessary. And and, and, and so that, does that have an effect on players? Well, I don't think it, players are quaking in their boots at the prospect of of having of playing in front of fans that are, might be giving uh, the board some stick. Not at all. But, but it does spill over from the fans. That frustration aimed at the ball then starts starts getting out there on the pitch at some of the players if the results aren't going well. And at the moment, we're, I'm seeing a West Ham team playing with freedom, playing with, with uh, look like they're enjoying it, look like a real team and a real unit, look like they're well coached and well drilled. And congratulations to David and all his staff because clearly they've got a really nice looking team. Jesse Lingard coming in has added something to it. Everyone, everyone seemingly that's getting involved at West Ham at the minute is making things a little bit better. And 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 you know what? I, I think there's something in that at the moment that the fact there aren't the, the, there are certain clubs I think that miss their supporters certain clubs that do I don't think West Ham do Exclusive ball by ball coverage of the third test between England and India gets underway today from 8am on TalkSport 2 and Kevin Peterson will be part of the commentary team His former teammate Steve Harmy Harmison has told Breakfast about the time KP that's a person not the nuts burst into the scene against South Africa Hold on, isn't he South African? Anyway, he happened back in 2005. We were in South Africa, Bloemfontein, 25,000 people. When he walks out to bat, 
everybody turned their back on him. It was a bit like the celebration. Do you know the celebration when everybody yeah. turns and jumps up and down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole of South Africa turned their back on Kevin when he walked out to bat. Wow. He got 100, and it was hilarious, right? It was hilarious. When he got the 100, he's standing there. He's got his helmet in the air. He's got his daft haircut. <laughs> he's got his bat in his hand. He's got his first one-day 100. Absolutely magnificent innings. I think he's enjoying that moment. And we're going, don't kiss the badge. Don't kiss the badge. Oh, no, he's kissed the badge. He's kissed the three lions. And then all of a sudden, the country even more want to have a go at him. They want to get him even more. And the, the, the week oh, later, a week later, a week later, he went to East London and got one of the best hundreds I've ever seen. He took South Africa apart. And we're thinking, what have we got on our hands here? Mm. And you mentioned 3200s. He's, he's coming to and now is, is, is brilliant as well. I mean, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I'm dumbfounded. Lost with the ball, lost with the bat. He's been hopeless this series. When we get the real Kevin Peterson to talk and open up, and me and Goffey will do that over the course of the next five days, a bit like what you say with Declan Rice. Mm. And, I, and I hope when, we, when he does that, I think you'll, you'll hear some things that you've not heard before from Kevin. But Come boy, on. we're going to have some ego in that room. Come Kevin on. Peterson and Darren Goff on the CM commentary team is going to be priceless. It came in at a time when there were three chocolate eclairs in front of Darren Goff. In fact, it's time for me to go, so I might as well have one in. There's only two left now. So bye bye, Kevin. Nice to know you. Well, that's it for another podcast. And here before I go, let me tell you about some live exclusive national radio commentary on TalkSport 2 tonight from 7pm at Brentford against Sheffield Wednesday. And then on TalkSport at 8pm, Champions League football, Gladback. Go on the Gladbackers. They take on Manchester City. That's it. Thanks so much for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm back on Andy Goldstein Sports Bar Monday at Thursday from 10pm tonight. Taking your calls after those games, although probably not the Brentford Sheffield Wednesday one. Anyway. There will be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. That's right. Do what you've got to do. I don't care. Just do it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.